What is up, everyone? It is Nate coming at you with a solo episode here. Um, you know I love to rant to myself in the mic. I'm recording this Sunday morning before the games. That's right. Woke up nice and early to start this up. Um, my plan for today, other than um, obviously we like to talk about picks and the big transactions that have happened, um, but my plan today is to kind of take a look at the playoff picture and see what the deal is, whether I think people are getting in or not, we will see. Right now, nobody has clinched, so that makes things sort of interesting to kind of play around with potential, you know, who can make it, who's definitely out. Um, but first thing we'll do is do the typical transactions, big name transactions type thing. Uh, we did have a couple trades in our league. The trade deadline was yesterday, so no more trades from here on out. Um, one trade we had was Clyde Edwards-Alaire from Judge Judy sent to Tampa Bay in return for Terry McLaurin. Um, this was a kind of interesting trade. Uh, you know, right now it's pretty much, I don't think there is a Kansas City running back worth owning right now. But I think Terry McLaurin has kind of slowed down a little bit since then. I'm sorry, actually Terry McLaurin came from Cayman and Edwards Alaire came from David. So Terry McLaurin has actually only had one bad game really. Um and even the first game where he only he didn't get above 10 points, it was still, you know, not not wide receiver one numbers, but I I don't really know why came and took this trade aside from maybe just He's over it, or he's got real bad running back issues, but I definitely think that the Terry McLaurin side wins this one. Um, then again, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been okay. It's just I don't I don't think there's a lot to like going forward with Edwards-Alaire. I think that it's a good move for... It's a good move for David. It sets him up for a nice potential playoff push, um, kind of shedding that potential dead weight. Of Edwards Alaire. Um, sort of weird that came and traded for Edwards Alaire. Oh, he's on buy. I was gonna say it's weird that he traded for him, he's not starting him, but Kansas City has a buy this week. Um and you know, looking at Cayman's team, he's sort of tight on running back. Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram, uh Nick Chubb. So Nick Chubb obviously pretty good coming back this week. Um but Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram have not been good when they've played. Uh, I think Adrian Peterson's been healthy. Peterson's been healthy all season, but Ingram obviously health issues. And then James White, who, yeah, not really worth owning, honestly. So I, I think it does help both teams. But Cayman, obviously, he's in 14th place right now. He's not uh, exactly competitive, so. It helps came in, but it's kind of a drop in the bucket. The next trade we had was uh, pretty interesting. I thought David, who recently got David Montgomery in a trade, um, actually sent him and Lamar Jackson to Kyle, and in return got Deshaun Watson and Jarek McKinnon. So this is a pretty interesting deal because 
Jarek McKinnon has been a weird player where it's like he's been healthy all season for the most part. I think he did maybe go out in a couple games, but he hasn't missed a game. Um, he still has his bye to go. Uh, so you have to keep that in mind as well, that there will be at least one week where you cannot rely on him. But I have been seeing a lot of reports that uh, Shanahan is going to lean on him. And obviously, this is a very friendly system to running backs. So I think it's a good grab. Montgomery has been hot garbage. Aside from week two, and I guess arguably week five, which he didn't have very good rushing numbers. He just had, he just punched in like a one-yard touchdown. I think that was the week he had that nice like catch and run, maybe. I can't remember. Maybe that was against the Giants, but... He's obviously not been as advertised. He hasn't broke 100 rushing yards. He hasn't broke 90 rushing yards. Um, but I guess there's, there is that kind of like hope that with Nagy giving up play-calling duties that everybody is going to maybe put up better numbers because Nagy was pretty bad. So it's a weird... I did see that for what it's worth, even though I think that he's probably still startable, even if even when Mostert comes back. Mostert should be coming back week 12, I think is what I saw. So, that was an interesting trade because Lamar Jackson has definitely not been the same. He puts up a a decent week for quarterback standards, but man, I mean, 14 points, 13 points, that's not what you expected when you drafted Lamar Jackson nice and high. So, it's a little odd that Kyle would receive Lamar Jackson. I don't know. He is starting him. And, um... Somehow Kyle ended up with George Kittle. I guess Patrick must have dropped him. There's a possibility that George Kittle comes back um, for the fantasy playoffs, but it's quite slim because I think that if he was given an eight-week timeline and in that eight-week timeline he's not coming back for the fantasy playoffs, but there is a possibility that he recovers early and you know he could be playing in like the championship game. That could be like his game back. But then again, if... San Francisco is not making a run for the playoffs or anything. Uh, they might just opt to make him sit out the whole season. Anyway, don't know how I got on talking about George Kittle and all this. But, uh, yeah, so Kyle's team is actually struggling at running back a little bit. Looking at these uh, players, Joe Mixon obviously not been very good aside from that crazy game. And he's been hurt, and it seems like there's very little clarity on him as well uh, when he'll be truly healthy. Um, Kyle's definitely hitting the injury bug. Ridley, uh, Montgomery, Mixon. Kyle's doing a lot of interesting moves, looking at his team here to try to set him up for like long-term success. Antonio Brown, he picked up. Uh, so Kyle's definitely making a play for the playoffs. Obviously, Brandon Cooks. I'm, I'm a pretty big idiot for dropping Brandon Cooks, but because you can't really blame me, he looked pretty bad through four weeks. So... Um, He's kind of helping Kyle out. Kyle's got some pretty nice two receivers here with Cooks and Adams. And uh, I guess my, my my call on Cooks was right, except I didn't believe in it myself. So that's the two trades, two last trades of the year. Um, and let's take a look at this playoff picture here. So as it stands right now, the six people, it is six people going to the playoffs. We have uh, three rounds, top team in each division gets a bye. So looking at the playoffs, we have, uh, for Division 1, I am in second place, and I would be getting the bye at 7-2. and two. 
Then we have Joseph, who's Brady's avocados at six and three uh, with a third seed. And Money Making Nick, which is Patrick, with the sixth seed at five and four. Going to Division Two, we have Kyle, um, who is the best record in the league with the first seed at eight and one. Then Dylan's team with the fourth seed at six and three. Uh, and Jack uh, Boydo Boyd with the fifth seed at five and four. So, as it stands right now, it would be very difficult for either myself or Lacker with Hair or Kyle to Adam's family to not make the playoffs. Um, so, the way you can generally figure that out is take the seventh seed, and there's, including this week, there's four games remaining. And so. Go Tigers, if they won all four of their games, he'd be 8-5, and five, and I'd have to lose all four of my games to be 7-6. Uh, and six. And then I would be out of the playoffs if that's in that scenario. Or who, I mean, there's, plenty, there's several 4-5 and five teams, so. Um, but basically, it would be very, I mean, yeah, and then obviously, if we're, if we're tied, there's some tiebreaker stuff that I don't really want to, like, play that game just yet. Uh, maybe closer to the playoffs we could play with the tiebreakers a little bit but definitely it seems like I am pretty much shoe in and same with Kyle like Kyle um, he hasn't clinched because it is possible for him to tie and then um, lose the tiebreaker with uh, one of these four and five teams if he loses out and they win out but that's just it's going to be pretty unlikely um and it's especially unlikely that I lose out given that I'm playing Adam's team this week and Adam's team is severely struggling. So uh, I think that while we have not clinched, I think Kyle and I have effectively clinched the playoffs. It, is very, it would be very difficult for us to uh, lose this game or lose our playoff spot. But then we go down the line here. And it becomes a little bit more likely. So so we'll just point out the two six and three teams, Brady's Avocados and Dylan's team. Um, Dylan's team, I don't have a lot of faith in long term because I think a lot of his players are sort of collapsing. Fournette's not been worthwhile. Henry's been struggling a little bit, surprisingly. Um, yeah, it's just it's an interesting lineup here. Russell Wilson... Uh, still playing pretty well, but not putting up 30-point games quite as much as he was at the beginning of the season. Uh, so I think that there's some interesting things going on with, with Dylan's team. I, I Anyway, uh, these two teams, it's a little bit more likely, <clears throat> right, just looking at records that they fail to make the playoffs. The scenarios become a lot more likely. Um, you know, we have four, four and five teams. So the statistical, just the statistical likelihood, assuming that every game is a coin flip, um, you know, there's pretty good chances that one of these teams wins three games, say. And so if one of the four and five teams wins three, loses one, then their record becomes uh, seven and six. And, you know, at, at barring tiebreakers and stuff, if one of these six and three teams wins three, loses one, or sorry, wins one, loses three, which is also pretty statistically likely. I mean, right, that's like 25% chance of those things happening. So 
it's definitely likely that it happens. I think those teams, looking at the points for numbers, just looking at the points for numbers, I think that there's a pretty high likelihood that they kind of remain in these spots. The thing that worries me if I'm Dylan's team is uh, compared to the other teams, uh, I have a very low points against. Actually, Dylan, looking at it now, Dylan has the second lowest points against. And there's a, the team that has the lowest. I'll, I'll talk about them soon. And um, usually if you have a very low points against and, and you're winning or you have a very low points for and you're winning, you have to accept some negative regression, right? You're not going to be playing. You've clearly been playing bad competition. So eventually you're going to play competition that's not so bad. And when that happens, um, you know, you're going to start losing games and it, it could manifest itself as a, as a pretty substantial streak. So I think if I'm Dylan's team, um, having so few points against, I'm a little worried just, just thinking about the statistical argument. Like statistically, I'm likely to start playing, to start facing some better competition. I'm likely to uh, regress to the mean. But the fact that he has so much, that he's like fourth in points four, that does give me a little bit of confidence. He's actually third in points four. That does give me a little bit of confidence that um, I'm going to keep be able to keep it up. Um, conversely, uh, the other six and three team, Joseph, uh, he's got very high points four. I think he's uh, he's actually second in the league in points four, and um, he also has a, not super high, but he's uh, you know mid middle range in points against. So I think if I'm Joseph, I'm feeling very confident that if I just continue to do what I'm doing, um, I'm gonna make the playoffs. Dylan again, I think. I think he's got to cross his fingers a little bit, hope that he's playing some uh, not so hot competition, and and maybe maybe be a little bold with who I'm starting. Try to really play the matchups, get the points, not just say, okay, this is what I've been doing all season. I'm going to stick with it because there has been some component of luck in that. Now, again, he has a high points four, so I wouldn't go too crazy. But now, um, talking about. The next two people, I think that that argument is sort of hard to be made. We have Boydo Boyd, which is the only team in the playoffs that in the playoff picture right now that is uh, has a negative points differential. He has more points against than points for, not by a lot, but still, it's worth noting. And he doesn't have um, he's probably upper half in points for. But he doesn't. He hasn't broken a thousand like some of these other playoff teams. And likewise, you have Patrick Money Making Nick, who had a nice win streak, but he has very low points against. He actually has the lowest points against in the league by um, a lot. He has twenty points less than Dylan, and then forty points less than Kyle. And so, what I'm thinking if I'm Patrick is like, look, I had a nice win streak that got me here. He had obviously Patrick. We know. He was one in five and then won five. Sorry, he was one and three and then won five to go to five and three and then lost last week against me. And, um, you know, if I'm Patrick, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my team saying, okay, I went on this big streak. And, you know, my mean is probably somewhere between there, right? Like you had this losing streak that was probably slightly an aberration. And then you had this winning streak that was also an aberration. And the fact is, is like statistically, looking at these points against numbers, you've been getting lucky breaks. Looking at the points for numbers, I mean, 
just quick glance, he's like sixth from the bottom and points four. So what I'm thinking if I'm Patrick is like, I've actually been getting pretty lucky here. I'm getting lucky because I've been playing bad competition. Um, and that's evidenced by my statistically unlikely win streak. I'm thinking if I'm Patrick, if I continue to toe the line, if I do what I'm doing, I'm at best a 500 team from here on out, unless I continue to get lucky, which is always possible. It's There's a lot of luck involved in fantasy football, right? Like, I guess what I'm saying is if, if you had a million, you know, if you, if you sampled a lot, Patrick's team is probably sub 500. So what I'm doing, if I'm Patrick, probably is uh, making some moves, maybe starting some controversial players to try to win some of these close games. Now, he's on his way to a good start. Corey Davis just narrowly um, failed to meet his projection, just about a point. But Naheem Hines obviously had that great game. Now, that's really good for Patrick because this week he's running into a lot of buy and injury issues. He does have Wayne Gallman Jr., which is a nice play with Freeman out. But, yeah, I mean, he's had some unfortunate injury issues with Gaskin, Devonta Freeman, and then Julio and Zeke are on buy. And so, you know, I think I think Patrick could be looking at another loss this week if his team doesn't kind of uh, continue its early lead. I mean, he's already up by 46 against Kyle going into Sunday. So that's pretty nice. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I think that these two teams are definitely teams that I could see I'm sorry, Patrick, but these are two teams I could definitely see not making the playoffs without doing something interesting to kind of uh, fight off the competition and keep those spots. It's it's really going to be tough for them statistically. Just looking at the regression to the mean potential here with these low points for, in Patrick's case, low points against, in Jack's case, high points against. And you might be saying, why is it that Patrick has low points against and you're saying he's going to regress to the mean and start playing better competition, and Jack has higher points against, and he's going to also start losing. I think what I'm, my argument here is like, Jack has high points against, which means that, in general, averaged out, he should be losing. But he's gotten lucky by probably playing a few uh, bad teams, and then he's played more consistent competition that, in general are better than him. And so his record is a reflection of the fact that he's not he's not played very good teams to this point. And then with Patrick, again, it's just the fact that like he's going to play better players, um, especially at the division he's in. So I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I think there's some people this season who I'm not playing at all. I think because we're a 14-team league, we sort of play around in our division and very rarely play somebody in the other division. So I think in general, the competition is a lot tougher in Division 1. I think the teams are better in Division 1. And Division 2, I think you look at Kyle's high points for and low points against. Well, I guess really the low points against. You look at Dylan's team with the low points against. And I think that's pretty indicative of the fact that like that division is is in general pretty easy. And then if you look at the points for, aside from Kyle and Dylan, they're on the low side actually. So two... Teams with 800, the two lowest scoring teams are in that division. Um, actually, it looks, yeah, the two. So, uh, yeah, so 
I, I think that based on the fact that Patrick's in the harder division, I don't think he'll be in the playoffs. Jack, though, I, I think Jack is a little bit more likely, but I think he's going to have a lot of issues. You have, I think you have three teams that are four and five that could make a serious push to uh, grab the last playoff spot or maybe the last two playoff spots. So speaking of those teams, uh, we have Go Tigers at five and four, Tampa Bay at five and four, Seaman. Oh, I'm sorry, four and five. Those are those guys are all four and five. C and five at Seaman at four and five, and Dark Horse Seth at four and five. Looking at Go Tigers here, um, you know he's got Camara. Godwin's been hurt for a bit, so he's going to come back and probably help help uh, Jordan out significantly. Um, you look at Tampa Bay. I, I, in retrospect, like the fact that he traded away Darren Waller is very bad for him. The fact that he's starting Trey Burton is, um, not good for him. Uh, Trey Burton was sort of close to getting a touchdown, but he didn't cause he really sucks. And now the nice thing about David is Mike Davis, uh, he's back baby. And I, now he hasn't been that good the last four weeks. I think last week. Was when McCaffrey got hurt, so but he played. But the last three weeks, yeah, not that great. Uh, touchdown saved him week six against Chicago, but against New Orleans and Atlanta, not too hot. But it doesn't matter. He's the starter. You got Miles Sanders sitting there. Um, he did pick up J.K. Dobbins after I drafted him. After I dropped him, but I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to do anything this season. Um, you know, especially with uh, Ingram coming back. I like J.K. Dobbins long term, but you know this is a redraft league. I not saying I don't think David should have picked him up, but I just don't think it's going to save him. So he's got Ronald Jones on the bench, which is sort of interesting. But that's another guy who's sort of petered out recently. So, uh, yeah, looking at David's team, I think I do think that there's going to be a lot of luck for either Jordan or David to muscle into that last playoff spot. And less so, I think, uh, Corey. Now, Corey, I think we talked last week on the podcast. I was like, man, Corey's team looks really good. He looks like he's going to muscle into that playoff spot. And looking at Christian McCaffrey being out, knowing that he's probably out. Well, he's definitely out this week, and he might be out more. Looking at Chris Carson being out, like, I'm hard-pressed to say that Corey's going to win this week, and we're kind of in the stage where it's like every game matters. Now, he is playing Seth, who is having a lot of injury issues, a lot of bye week issues, and is not that competitive anyway when he's healthy. So I think that Corey could win this game, and it's a good game for his players to be hurt. But, man, if McCaffrey's missing a lot of time, I think I think Carson is coming back this week. Not this week, the next week. Um. I am recording this on Sunday before the game, so he's coming back for the Rams. He's already played his bye. McCaffrey, McCaffrey's bye is week 13, which is pretty wild that the last game of the fantasy season, Corey will not have McCaffrey. So it's a good week for Corey to kind of field a, a sort of a subpart team. But yeah, I mean, Corey was a guy that I thought for sure he was going to muscle this playoff spot, but now I'm not so sure. And then finally, um, call me, you know, tar and feather me, call me wrong. This Jonathan Taylor for Julio, 
Julio. Julio Jones trade definitely was in favor of Julio. Jonathan Taylor uh, has aged like milk as far as the season goes. He looked really good to start the season, and you had to assume he was going to get better. And now something's going on, man. I don't know what it is. They they even say that it's not. it has nothing to do with the fumble the coaching staff does. So very, very interesting situation. Um, because of that, because of uh, yeah, just because of that, I don't, I don't think that Seth has a realistic shot at, at kind of beating out all these other teams, beating the two teams that are currently have the playoff slot. I just don't think that's high likelihood for Seth. So, I think that really the the best chances we have here of people kind of making a push for the playoffs are Jordan, David, and Corey. And I think if Corey's team is healthy, he's almost a shoe. And like, if next week, if next week comes by, and we know Carson's going to be healthy, and if and if McCaffrey's healthy, I think that Corey for sure is going to get that going to get one of the playoff spots. And I think the problem too that that poses for David, obviously, is if uh, McCaffrey's playing, Davis has very little value. And so ironically, it's like Corey, Corey's potential for getting into the playoffs is directly related to David's potential. And so I want to look at this now. I want to see who Corey plays week 13 when um, the last week of the playoffs. So let's take a look at some of these matchups of these controversial teams I mentioned. Not controversial, but you know, playoff bubble teams and see kind of where things are going to stack up here as the season progresses. So we've got a big matchup in week 11, Boyd O'Boyd versus Seaman. And based on the low projected point totals, I'm guessing they're going to have a lot of players on by. Um, Patrick, lucky him, gets an easy win. That's the thing is like Adam's team, you know, I, I think Adam has been trying, but he's had very, very bad luck the whole season with injuries. And I just think at this point, it's like playing Adam is an automatic win. So Patrick's lucky week 11. He's got Adam. Uh, Seth projected for low points against Cayman week 11. So I think that goes further my thesis that Seth is not highly likely to get a playoff spot. Jordan has an important game against me next week. And we're both projected to score a lot of points. So I'm assuming that that means that we probably don't have a lot of players or any players on by. And we might have good matchups as well. So that'll be an interesting game to watch. And uh, Boyd O'Boyd versus Seaman. That is a very important game for playoff implications. Especially since Patrick probably has an automatic win. Next up, we have another projected high-scoring matchup in Week 12 between Erlacher with Hera and Dylan's team. And that's going to be important for Dylan to try to hang on to his spot. Uh, it's a tough matchup knowing that when every game counts that you're playing the second-best team uh, as far as record goes in the league. And I think I'm fourth in points four. So Dylan's third, though, so he's nothing to sniff at. And then uh, Boyd O'Boyd. If Boyd O'Boyd, then it's okay. So Boyd O'Boyd plays Seaman in a very important game week 11, and then he follows it up with a game against Judge Judy, who is the worst team in the league. But it has trap game written all over it. Patrick plays against Adam, which obviously we're, we're thinking, not Adam, Alex, which we're thinking about Alex a lot here. We know he's not doing very well, but um, he's projected to lose that game. 
Now, I don't know. You know, obviously, funny things go on when you just look at the scores. It could be players on by. But uh, nevertheless, Alex is on the low end of rank uh, of records. And um, I do think it's possible that Patrick could, you know, he's playing easier teams. I think he could really, I was saying that like, oh, it's statistically unlikely that he's going to hang on, but he plays the two worst teams in our division. And so now that I'm actually looking at the matchups, I do think that Patrick has a pretty good shot of at least winning the next few games uh, after this week. Mm. Brady's Avocados, who I said is not likely to not make it to the playoffs, just looking at his numbers as an easy matchup against football. Um, ooh, another really good and interesting game for playoff implications. Go Tigers with a very high point projection against Tampa Bay. Um, about 20-point difference between these projections. So that's going to be a tough game. These are We have some pretty good matchups here in the next couple of weeks. And then C-Man, unfortunately for him, especially if McCaffrey is out still, plays the Adams family, best team in the league. So it's going to be a... Yeah, my, my initial thesis without looking at the actual games is sort of shifting now, now that I know who these people are playing. And then finally, our Week 13 matchup. A probably meaningless matchup of Erlacher O'Hare against Brady's Avocado. And Brady's Avocados is projected for very low points for Week 13. I'm assuming he has a lot of players on by. Um, let me... Looking at his team, I'm going to fast forward over to week 13 here. It takes a little bit. But this could be an important game because, oh my goodness, he has so many players on by. But, um, you know, obviously we, we uh, the first team, the top team gets a buy. And that really matters, right? Because like in fantasy, it's just, you could just get unlucky. And it doesn't matter how good your team is. You just get a couple goose eggs or something and you lose. And so looking at, uh, Joseph's team. He's got Brady on by, Anderson on by, Gronk on by. Now, Travis Kelsey is on his bench right now because he's on by this week. So, uh, Gronk being on by doesn't really <laughs> hurt him because he's got Kelsey. And, uh, you know, Tannehill has been sort of slowing down the last few weeks, but he's still a pretty good option. And uh, Amari Cooper's on by this week, but he plays Baltimore, and obviously they're terrible now because Dak's hurt. So well, they're already kind of terrible, but I don't think there's anything coming to save him with Robbie Anderson being out. But I do think that Joseph is pretty sad at quarterback and tight end um, this week. So, so the low point projection on the little matchups list definitely. Uh, not representative of how Joseph's lineup will probably actually look on that day. So this will be a very important matchup um, as far as seeding goes, because I do think it's pretty likely that I'm going to win a few of these future games by looking at these. And like Joseph was only one game behind me. So it very well could be that we're going into this matchup tied with record or something, or maybe like I'm up one win and he's down by a win. And then if he wins the game, he could be first seed because he's got, He's got me beaten points four for now anyway. So, yeah, this is a really interesting matchup in week 13. Definitely excited for that one. We have uh, the Adams family playing Judge Judy, worst team in the league. So, I think looking at this uh, next set of games, looking at Dylan's playing some competitive teams, I think that 
to Adam's family is very unlikely. Kyle might win out the rest of the season, to be honest. Um, I think he's very unlikely at least to lose his first seed in the second division and overall, I guess. Uh, another important playoff matchup, Money Making Nick versus Tampa Bay. And uh, I know David has Rojo at least, and Tampa Bay's on bye week 13, so that's sort of sucky. Um, let see. It takes a long time to scroll through. Like, once you're on the team page to scroll through weeks, it takes a while to load. Oh, he's got Mike Evans as well. If McCaffrey's still out, we know Mike Davis is on bye. Um it's definitely looking like a potentially rough week. And so this could be a game that's really important that David is sort of hamstrung because I don't think he's got much to, I don't think he's got much in the way of reinforcements for those players that are hurt. And looking at Patrick's team, conversely, um, damn it. Yeah, it's such a big pain to try to scroll through the, the teams to see who they've got. But just based on the projection, I think Patrick's team, uh, doesn't have a lot of players on by, but let me try this again. Okay. Actually, Patrick has nobody on by um, week 13. Devonta Freeman, he's on IR now, but he's only on it for three games, so he should be eligible, at least eligible to return then. Uh, he has a low points projection, but that's because Zeke and Julio are on his bench right now because they're on by. Miles Gaskin may be back by then. So, yeah, that's a rough matchup. I think Patrick, just based on the matchups, I kind of disagree with what I said earlier about Patrick struggling to uh, make the playoffs. I mean, he has very favorable matchups. And I think, barring obviously weird stuff going on with the players, like he looks likely to finish out the season three and one. So... It's gonna be a hard. It's gonna be hard for somebody to take Patrick's spot, but I think Jack's spot is much more up for grabs. And obviously, Patrick, he's got a low-scoring team for a reason, right? Like he might just not perform. And Jack plays John in Week 13, which John, I think John's kind of been putting up points, even though he's got a very. No, I guess he hasn't really. He's like second lowest in points scored, so third lowest. Yeah, we thought John was going to be great after one week. Turned out not to be true. Um, and then another potentially important game, Seaman against Dylan's team. I mean, if I remember correctly, Dylan has a lot of Panthers players and a lot of Bucks players. That I mean, obviously, Seaman missing out on Christian McCaffrey for sure that week is going to hurt. But Dylan is not set up very well. So if Dylan ends up having trouble holding on to his spot... Um, it's definitely possible that he runs into issues this week. So we've got some pretty interesting playoff implication matchups coming in the few weeks. Um, obviously, like I said, we're going to be... The most important ones that I'm looking at here are uh, this week. I'm trying to see if Patrick can get the upset here. Because if he wins this game, you know this is like a super important game for him. If he loses it's not the biggest deal because we know that he's playing some weak competition through the, through the end of the season. But if he wins this game, it's, I almost say it's like impossible for him to lose this spot. It's just so unlikely that he would. And this would also like if, if Kyle loses and then Dylan wins his game, then that top seed is sort of up for grabs now. And 
yeah, this is a pretty so so Kyle versus Patrick is a super interesting matchup this week. Um and then Dylan versus uh Jack is an interesting matchup. And then, you know, I talked about week eleven. Me and Jordan, pretty interesting matchup. Uh and then C Man versus Jack. So that's where I, really what I'm next two weeks, those are the games I'm looking at. And then, you know, honestly, we're talking about seeding. If Patrick does upset Kyle, then Kyle and if Patrick upsets Kyle and Dylan wins, then we're going into week eleven with Dylan having the chance to grab or at least tie for that number one seed. And obviously Kyle probably is winning any tiebreaker for points four. But you know, if you're tied, all it takes is a is is a lucky break and uh you know, nothing's guaranteed in fantasy, so super interesting matchups these next two weeks. Uh, almost more interesting than the actual football itself, I have to say. So I've sort of hinted at some of my uh, picks to win this week, but we'll, let's go through it real quick. This is going to be like the shortest podcast I've ever done, probably under 45 minutes. Um, so first, Erlacher with hair against football. Adam's an automatic win at this point. Uh, if I don't beat Adam, it's because something went horribly wrong. So I'm giving it to me, holding on to that second seed. Dejon Miser versus Judge Judy. Let's take a look at this matchup. Um, so A.J. Brown had a real stinker for John. One catch for 21 yards. Tyler Lockett, man, he's been killing me in Dynasty. He has like one good game and then two terrible games. So I guess he's due. <laughs> so he might have an amazing game. Um Joshua Kelly seems to be in the doghouse. Uh, I actually say, hmm, this is a weird game. This is a weird game. I don't really know who to pick. I don't love either team. Actually, I think John wins just because of the locket. I think Lockett's due. I think Jones will have a good game, and I think it's just a lot less likely that that. The players on Cayman's team kind of put it all together. I see a lot of like potentially six points from AJ Green through Mike Gusecki could all score like eight points or less, and that's not very good. Versus, I don't think that's really going to happen with John's team. Like, I don't think Joshua Kelly's going to score a lot. I don't think Ebron's going to score a lot, but he always has that like chance for a touchdown. So, I just think there's more that can go wrong with Cayman's team. Um, but I, I will say it's possible Nick Chubb just has like a killer game because Houston's terrible. Um, Cleveland's, eh. It's possible, yeah, Nick Chubb just runs all over him. So I give it to John. And then we have Money Making Nick versus the Adams family. And this is just like an awesome game. I'm really excited to see what happens here. Kyle not starting a kicker right now. Um, doesn't even have one on his team. It'll be interesting to see if Kyle picks up a kicker. I'm imagining if he does, though, he that'll add like eight points. So it'll be like projected 125 versus projected 112. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson's due after... Well, he actually had a decent game last week, but Cincinnati's defense is pretty bad from what I remember. I think Darnell Mooney is going to have a good game with uh, the new play calling. Damn, he had 11 targets last week. It's crazy. Uh, Devontae Adam has been so good. It's hard to pick against Kyle. Like You have to imagine with just things that have been happening, Devontae Adams is going to beat his 17-point projection by a lot. Brandon Cooks, 
playing well. Shouldn't have dropped him. Biggest regret on the season. Mike Williams seems to be playing well as, as well, surprisingly. Uh, uh, this is a tough one because it's so tough to look at that high score that Patrick has accumulated so far and give it to Kyle. But I think I'm going to do that. I think, uh, I think Kyle's going to win. And I think Patrick, I still like Patrick's chances for the playoffs looking at who he plays, but yeah, I'm going to give it to Kyle. Seaman versus Dark Horse. Uh, yeah, it sucks to look at that negative three. Negative three defensive points that Kyle's starting off with, but um, I like... Did I say Kyle? I meant Corey. That Corey's starting off with, but um, I like Corey in this one, especially since Jonathan Taylor crapped the bed, kind of. I'm going to go with Corey. Um, I just don't think Kirk Cousins... Kirk Cousins is probably going to... He sucks against the Bears. He's going to throw like three pick sixes. Uh, Juju's been better as of late. Hasn't been quite so touchdown reliant. So I'm not going to so down on him. Thielen's been kind of crappy. Uh, plays a very good Bears secondary, but he always manages to kind of play well against the Bears. So, And then everything from Lindsey down I do not like. So, Seth also not starting a kicker. Um Sort of weird. We have an IR slot. I don't know if Seth is actually paying attention at this point. We have an IR slot, so we put Julian Edelman into IR and pick up a kicker and not even have to drop Greg Zuer line. But I think Seth has sort of phoned it in on the season. Uh, dark horse, he is not. So I'm going to give it to C-Man, even though not good starts from either team. Next matchup, go Tigers versus Gridiron Grimace. So does look like uh, Alex has managed to set his team. I don't know if he did, but he does. He's not starting any players on buy or anything. So obviously, we're thinking, praying for Alex, hoping he's doing well. Um, does look like he's put out a pretty decent team, regardless. So either way, uh, Jordan is projected to win this game by a decent amount, and I just I think it's pretty likely. Uh, the Bears don't seem to be that good at defending the deep ball, so I could see Justin Jefferson. Doing pretty well. Godwin had a bad game last week, but everybody had a bad game last week on the Bucks. I think they'll put it together against Carolina. And Godwin's working out the slot, so I don't think he'll actually see that much work with Brown being around. Um, yeah, definitely like Jordan in this. He, he and Corey, if McCaffrey's healthy, he and Corey, I think, are really going to be fighting for that last spot. I think... I think uh, uh, David will be there fighting, but I just think he's facing too tough of competition. So I picked Jordan. Dylan's team versus Boyd. Oh, Boyd. So Dylan's actually projected to lose right now after a sort of not great game from Derrick Henry. Uh, but Jack finally has Michael Thomas back. Um, and maybe I should have factored that in a little bit more in talking about you know whether or not he's going to keep it up. Kirk, Christian Kirk, man, he's just been a touchdown magnet. Um, catching a lot of deep balls, getting a lot of touchdowns, uh, which is crazy. He was so bad the first four weeks. And then just like it clicked between him and uh, Murray, and now they're just monsters. So really, uh, I do think Jack's going to win this game, and I think Dylan 
is sort of going to be in trouble here. I don't think Dylan's going to win this game. And then next week, I don't think Dylan's going to win the game either. So Dylan, you know, I was feeling good about his him keeping his spot. But as we, he might be in trouble a little bit. Yeah, I'm going Jack. And then finally, Tampa Bay versus Brady's Avocado. So Tampa Bay is projected to win actually by a decent amount. Um, Trey Burton wasn't projected for that much. So him only scoring four points didn't actually hurt him that much from, from that perspective. Joseph's has some buy issues with the, uh, sorry, a cat's attacking me, with uh, Jameson Crowder, Cooper, and Kelsey all on buy. And yeah, so I do think Joseph is sort of hard, going to be hard pressed to win this game. Um, looking at David's team, you have Mike Davis back being competitive, he's the RB1. That trade for ugh, for Terry McLaurin and Jarrett McKinnon, I think that, again, and then Dave, Deshaun Watson, like, this is a really good, David has put together a pretty good team. And, t- yeah, his tight end is terrible. But, like, for right now, his team looks really good. And uh, I think he's going to win this game. Now, obviously, Dalvin Cook is pretty much insane. And the Bears, I don't know how the Bears are against the run. At the beginning of the season, they they were very good. I don't know if that sort of slowed down a little bit, but I, I think they're still very good against the run. But Dalvin Cook kind of transcends that. So, yeah, it's tough, but I'm still going to give it to David. And, yeah, maybe I'm just sort of like defaulting to whatever Yahoo says is winning. But it's sort of hard to not do that, though, looking at, this, looking at these teams. I don't like Nelson Aguilar in the flex. Uh, don't really like Gronk at tight end. Don't like uh, Williams, Jamal Williams. He's been doing. He was pretty good the last two weeks. I don't really like Jamal Williams in the RB two slot either, though. It's going to be a tough week for Joseph, but at least he did not start Tannehill. I mean, it sort of took some balls, I think, to start Brady over Tannehill after Brady's terrible week. Um, but it'll it probably will pay off unless Brady has another really bad week because Tannehill did not play very well. Only 10 points. Yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it to David. I think David, uh, these important games for these bubble teams and for these uh, teams that have positions but are also sort of on the bubble of being out of the playoffs, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week because if everything plays out how I've predicted, Patrick will hold on to his spot. Um, Jack will hold on to his spot. Dylan, we'll see if Jack wins and Dylan loses and Patrick wins. Dylan's now, that might cause some pretty serious seating issues. Dylan might go down to losing to Jack. Dylan might actually go down to, uh, mm, he'd have to lose by a lot to go down a seed, even if he was tied with Jack. I don't know how the tiebreakers work. I thought that the the first tiebreaker was a head-to-head record, but maybe it is just points four. I don't know. We'll find out if Dylan loses. And uh, yeah, some seeding issues, some interesting seeding things too. If uh, Joseph loses, because if Joseph goes to six and four, and Jack and Patrick go to six and four, and Dylan goes to six and four, then it's just like all four teams in the playoffs are six and four. 
and then Corey winning would take him to five and five, keep, keeping him alive for a playoff side. And then it's like, man, if Corey wins and everything else loses, turns out the way that I thought it, that I think it will, you've basically got like, let's see. You've got like three teams at five and five and then four teams at six and four. So it's like one win. It's like every team is like one win away from being in or out of the playoffs. And it's pretty crazy to think about. Like, it's weird because I think Joseph's team is way better than any of these other teams. But it is weird thinking that he could be coming out of this week like one win, one game away from being out of the playoffs. So, man, I, I like even if you don't really have a chance, if you're one of these kind of like lower down teams, like, I mean, I think it's very unlikely at this point that um, teams with seed 10 and lower which is Seth, Alex, John, Kamen, Adam. It's very unlikely that any of those teams just even just based on what you would what would have to transpire for you to get a spot. I think it's pretty unlikely that those teams get a spot, but you man, it's like every week you have a chance to play the upset. And so keep playing, keep setting the lineups and watch see what's happening cuz this is, I think this is actually really entertaining to see what's going on with these matchups and see who's going to make it in and who's not. So, uh, I guess I'll, before I finish out, I'll just say, um, you know, we are getting close to the end of the season. So start thinking about dues if you haven't paid your dues yet. And, uh, I'll probably start bugging you as we get closer to the playoffs. If you haven't paid your dues yet, just shoot me on Venmo. It's at Nathan dash heart dash nine. And, uh, just in case you don't know how to spell my name, it's, uh, all A's N A T H A N H A R T. Um, should see my picture show up. So, all right, guys, this has been fun. Solo, Bill Burring it, Rush Limbaughing it, just doing it by myself. Um, good luck this week, guys. Really excited to see what's going on. Peace.